Hey guys, we've added some timestamps into our episode description, so if you want to skip straight to the discussion, you're more than welcome to. However, if you want to keep listening and catch up with us, hear us talk a bit of shit and also about our recommendations, then keep on listening. Thank you so much for tuning in and hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome to Unapologetically Asian a place where we talk about navigating through adulthood as Asian Australians. You're joined as always by Tiana and Twee. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Ahoy me hearties. <laughs> we just spent like five minutes recording the intro, even though we've done this like a thousand <laughs> times, because for some reason we've got the giggles today. Yeah, oh my God, I just kept <laughs> laughing every single time. Anyway, how you been? It's been great. It's my last week of work this week. Through that, actually. How, how do you feel? I'm feeling good. Or? It is bittersweet. I am going to miss the people and I am going to miss the company and also what I've been doing, but I'm also excited to embark on a new adventure. Yes. yes. So what are you starting now? Is it a grad, what was it, grad program? Yes. So I'll be starting a grad program. So a bit of a small story. So we have this grad group page. And I wrote on the wall and I was like, hey guys, um, so I was thinking of creating a grad group chat. Please react to this if you'd like to be a part of it. It's a great way for us to, you know, share some banter, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, I wasn't expecting, I was only expecting mm-hmm. maybe like 20 people, you know. Next minute, 90 people. Miss Popular. No, reacted to <laughs> this post. And so I spent, not this Friday, but this was like a couple Fridays ago. I spent my Friday night typing every single person's name in manually into a group chat so that's 90 people's names and let me tell you some people have really long last names <laughs> so yeah i'm excited to actually meet everyone and then you found out you're an idiot because oh, it's like yeah. <laughs> there's actually a quicker way apparently all you have to do is like post the url of the group chat and then people can just join it themselves but no i didn't know that <laughs> until after i spent <laughs> like my Friday night, manually adding ninety people into you the took chat. One for the team, I did. Yeah. Now I everyone took... will know your name. I don't, I don't know. Ninety plus people will know your name. It's I, gonna be great. I hope it goes down in history. <laughs> yeah. That's what have you been it. up to this week, dude? Um, not much. Just had work. Yesterday I went to a hen's night, which was really oh, fun. Very fun. A lot of fun activities, as you would expect at, you know, hen's night with a lot of... Penises. Penises everywhere. Penis <laughs> straws, penis stickers, girl, you name it. A lot, a lot of shit going on. But no, it was really fun. I'm very excited to see my friend get married. Woohoo. That's like two weeks away from now. So yeah, looking forward to that. But yeah, no, it's been pretty chill. Wow, week. it's actually coming up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy because... It's been ages leading up to it, and to think that we're already there, Mm. it's insane. Exciting times. Anyway, so let's move on to our recommendations. What have you got today, Tiana? So I have a podcast that I've been listening to by BBC... by the BBC radio and it's called Screen Time. And so there's this guy called Ali Plum and he is this really talented British interviewer and film critic. He hosts a lot of interviews with actors, actresses, directors, and he has this segment called Movies That Made Me. So he basically goes through the entire filmography of a person in Hollywood and it's so interesting. Some of my favourites, he interviewed Quentin Tarantino, he did one with Christopher Nolan. There's all these different actors and actresses and it's just really interesting to get into their mind and Mm. hear their stories on how they've taken on a 
character or a role and there's training involved into becoming those particular characters and also how directors actually pick their movies and how they get funding for their movies. Like the whole industry is so interesting. There's so much business and politics in Hollywood Mm. that we don't really see or we don't really talk much about. The reason why I really like listening to him is because I feel like he's an interviewer that really adapts to the environment well Mm. and I think that's why he's really well respected in the industry. So I really enjoy listening to him. And also a movie that I watched is called Imitation Game. So this Mm -hmm. has Benedict Cumberbatch and Keira Knightley, Matthew Good in it. And basically it's about the life of Alan Turing. If you guys don't know who he is, he's basically this really famous mathematician and it's about how he broke the Enigma code in the war. And it was a really emotional movie as well because Mm. it tackles a lot of issues such as homosexuality and also the divide between male and female in the workforce. And there's also a lot of questions about morality in there as well. Uh, What about you two? The only recommendation I have for this week is a movie called 1917. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, it'll still be out in cinemas because if it is, I highly, highly recommend you go out to the cinemas to watch it because experiencing it on the big screen with surround sound will actually be totally worth it considering how it's been filmed and what the movie is actually like. It's a it's a very simple story. I think that's what I really like about it. Um, it's about two boys on a mission to deliver a message mm-hmm. and this was set during World War One. It seems like it's filmed in one shot. Mm-hmm. So the camera never leaves Mm -hmm. that scene. There's no cuts, no nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just seamless integration between everything. Mm -hmm. It's realistic to a point where even the soldiers aren't, like, glorified. I feel as though with a lot of war movies, you know, the hero is always, like, so amazing and they Mm. do such great things at the same time it's like not as decorated as you think it would be as Mm -hmm. and how other movies make it it's so easy to get hurt and that's what happens so are you saying it shows it really humanizes the war yeah yeah that's the thing i feel as though this movie really humanizes the war yeah Yeah. that's a perfect way of putting it so it's not like because i feel like a lot of the time I don't know if you can relate, but when you hear about the war, it just seems like such something in such a distant, mm. you know what I mean? It really puts you in place. It puts you in their shoes and it's like, fuck, this is actually how it is. Yeah. And it's so crazy to think that these are two just average lads. Mm. There's nothing special about them. Mm. They're just like you and me, but they're forced on the field and they're forced to do, mm. do this shit, right? Mm. And it's crazy the sort of stuff that they were exposed to. And then because you see that firsthand following them on this journey you just have so much respect for the people that went through it mm. that was that took a turn <laughs> on a lighter note we did come across something interesting so nike came out with an ad recently about this chick who is running away from her auntie who's trying to give the auntie's trying to give her some red pocket she's running running with her nike shoes hey. and um <laughs> It's, it just reflects back every year and as she grows older, like her running away from her auntie because her auntie's still continuing trying to like force <laughs> her to take the red pocket off of her. But yeah, no, it's so interesting how a lot of these big name brands are like, you know, recognizing that Lunar New Year is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to capitalize it? Uh, like capitalize on it? I don't know. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But like, it's like so cool because it is cool. That means that there are strides being made in the right direction for mm-hmm. Asian representation in the media. And with that being said, we thought it would only be fitting to do a episode dedicated to Asian traditions. traditions. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay. So what's what's next week actually? 
it's going to be that next week. Yeah. So that is Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year or Vietnamese New Year. You know, it's it's one of the New Year's. <laughs> someone asks me, oh yeah, like what's what do you celebrate throughout the year? I always say Chinese New Year, even mm-hmm. though I'm Vietnamese. Mm. What's the correct term for it? Like Lunar New Year? I think that's more like broader. Yeah, thing. because I think the reason why the New Year doesn't fall on the first of the first, like traditional Western culture, is because it follows the... Lunar calendar. The lunar calendar. So it's mm. looking at the moons and shit, right? <laughs> yes, uh, very accurate. Yes, the moons and shit. Literally the um, moon cycle. This year it's a bit earlier. Usually it's in Feb, but this year it's in the end of Jan. So it's actually the day before Australia Day. Australia, mate. So before we dive into the bigger Asian traditions that we've grown up with, we thought it'd be fitting to set the scene a little bit and talk through what we do like on a daily basis that revolves around Asian traditions. I think something really important is that the core of everything, family, is very important. Mm. And also there's this huge emphasis on respect and hierarchy of respect. So respect for elders is absolutely paramount. Yeah. And this is something that I think exists across Asia. So Tweet, what do you and your family normally do that you think is like a important Asian cultural tradition? We have a altar at home mm-hmm. where on it it will be a picture of any of our grandparents or family members who have passed. And every now and then, usually on like specific days in the month, I'm not quite entirely sure, they'll light some incense and then pray and wish for like good fortune And like sometimes we'll have like little serving plates of food. We'll put it on the altar as like kind of sort of like an offering to Mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. wherever they are in the world. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Do you do something similar? I know you like incense. Mm -hmm. Is that on a daily basis though? Yes. So I think I'm in a pretty unique position because my dad is Buddhist and my mum is Catholic. Mm. So I do a bit of praying and celebrate different religious events on both sides. You get the best of both worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for an example with the Buddhist side we do have an altar like you on the altar basically there is Buddha and then also we have pictures of ancestors that have also passed we also have a dish and inside this dish there is sand very fine sand Um, and this is where you put your incense incense sticks in when you pray every morning and every night either my brother my self or my dad will light up an incense stick And then boil some water. We pour the water in a teacup and we offer that up. And also there is usually a plate of fruit that we have on the altar as well. And we do this weekly when we go to the shops and we get nice fruit and we put it on the plate. And then what happens is that I'll light the incense stick and then I will bow three times. I'll put Mm. the stick on and then I'll bow another three times. And when I'm bowing, I'm like praying in my head and I'm praying to Buddha. When you pray, is it like making a wish or like something or do you just like what do you think like, in your head Buddha make my life good <laughs> I'm kidding no yeah like maybe I'm wishing for health for a family member mm. or maybe I'm wishing for um good day like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does vary on the Catholic side so we have like statues of Mary and stuff around the house I think it is a similar thing that they do in Catholicism 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 <laughs> basically Buddhism <laughs> but the Catholic version <laughs> It is a similar thing, though, that we pay respects to those who have passed. Yeah. Whenever I've gone to the temple with my family, I always find it so interesting that there are so many different types of Buddha. You know, mm. you've got your lucky Buddha, the one with the fat belly, and if you mm-hmm. rub it, 
good luck, mate. You got good luck. I always like rub my friend's stomachs. So yeah. <laughs> he just looks so happy, and I'm just like, he's so cute. Yeah. And you know, you got the Buddha that looks really scary, but apparently he scares off the bad spirits. And then, you know, there's just a different Buddha for mm. different things. The reason why. I find it very interesting is because I know with Thai Buddhism and Lao Buddhism, Mm -hmm. they only pray or, yeah, I guess pray to one Buddha. Mm -hmm. So he's the main, the main dude who... The main dog, the big cheese. Yeah, the big cheese who started the religion. The big B. Yeah. And then as that religion filtered down to different parts of Asia, Mm. it blended in and it kind of changed and molded based on where it was going. So with the Buddhism that I follow, that's why we have so many different Buddhas Mm. Mm. because that's blended in the traditional Chinese culture where they already had these other existing deities Mm. and then they kind of like incorporated those deities into Buddhism, if that makes sense. What's a deity for those who don't know? So deity is pretty much a god or a goddess. In any sort of religion. Although I practice both religions in different ways, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a very, very religious person. Like, Mm. I don't go to church every single Sunday. I don't go to the temple, like, every single week. Yeah. But I still have respect for both religions. Mm. So, mum and dad, they've recently adopted Ang Jai two days a week, which basically means that they eat vegetarian for two days a week. And it's really cute because my dad actually said, okay, if I'm vego for these days, my dog will be vego for these days because <laughs> he so wants cute. Rocket to be reincarnated into a human when he dies. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. That is so cute. <laughs> so on those two days, my dogs were like, what? Where's yeah. my meat, guys? <laughs> You know what's funny? The majority of Asians out there who have an altar usually have some sort of red glowing light there. Like there's a mm. candle or something that's usually red, right? And it will light up your whole room in a very ominous way because it's just red. And how you know an Asian household is Asian if you drive past it and you look in, if there's like a red glowing light <laughs> coming from the window, it's probably the the Asian altar. <laughs> I see, like, because if you drive past my house... That light is always on, right? Mm-hmm. So at night time, it just looks really fucking scary because you just see this like <laughs> glowing red light coming from the windows. Yeah, yeah, and I just found that pretty funny. It's hilarious, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I'm kidding. So one big thing that we celebrate are death anniversaries of our ancestors. So pretty much a death anniversary is kind of like the opposite of a birthday. It's kind of paying respect to the day that someone in your family has passed away. Mm-hmm. I think to an extent it is celebrating because you're celebrating their life, right? When I think of death anniversaries, I always remember like a big feast of food. Mm. And, you know, you, it's a chance where you get to catch up with your cousins and stuff. And obviously mm. it, it was sad that your ancestors or your family members passed away. Mm. But also I think at these anniversaries, the conversation always turns to remembering different moments that you had with that person that passed on. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it really special because their memory still lives. It is literally like a celebration because we invite all the family and friends to your house. You set up the altar with fruit. Sometimes if you want to be extra, you might order like big roast pig or something. Mm. We always have the same sort of food. How about I say it in Vietnamese and then you try to oh, okay, okay. okay. So we have... Oh my God, what a challenge. Okay. Yeah. So we have our jaya. Spring rolls. Soy. Which is sticky rice. So you can have... Uh, there's a savory version with lapsung, which is the you know that sausage, that really nice sausage. I can't Chinese sausage. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's also your sweet version, which mm. is like your coloured sticky rice. Yeah. 
And you usually have it with like sugar or something. Yeah, oh, that shit's good. Delicious. And we also have gai. Which is like basically a Vietnamese salad. And sometimes it might be in the form of like, you know, your cabbage and chicken or that, it's actually better than it sounds. Okay, guys. <laughs> we have like one Thai. Oh, yes. So this is your vermicelli noodles and they're in like little pillows. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like spring onion, yeah. like spring onion and oil on top. And you usually have this with nem nuong. Yep. So nem nuong is your pork balls. Is this the same for you too? Like every single death anniversary you go to, you have the same food? No, nah, we don't always have the same. Mm. It just depends on who's hosting it. Mm. Some will have pig on the spit. Some will have the traditional food that you just said. Mm. But yeah, it varies, I think. Really? I remember when I was a kid, we used to call it, it's called knock-in, so that means reading prayers. And I would always look forward to it because I wouldn't get to see my cousin. This is when I was living in Queensland. I wouldn't get to see my cousins that often. Mm. And this was like the one opportunity where we get to go, we see all our cousins. So back then, I didn't really understand. Like I knew someone had passed, yeah. but that wasn't like on the in the forefront of why I wanted to go. It was more mm. like, I want to see my cousins and I want to eat the food. Yeah. I'm hungry now, man. Like, <laughs> we have some good f- tasting food. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I think my parents just use it as a good excuse to have a fucking massive party. This is like your average Asian family gathering. Mm. You have the women inside chit-chatting, gossiping. Maybe some of them are gambling, playing cards and stuff. Mm. And then you have the men outside getting pissed. <laughs> like, drinking. Yeah. They've got slabs and slabs of beer. And then, like, the cousins are either in the room playing games little kids are running around being all annoying and shit i love family gatherings there is like a portion at the beginning of the event where we sit down with our little pamphlets and like there's prayers Mm. that are said in vietnamese Mm. and then after that it feels like that goes on forever and i know that sounds so bad but (laughs) as a kid you're like fuck when will this finish so i can go eat and play with my cousins yeah yeah true at the beginning of the death anniversary day we gong which is kind of like, yeah, we give our offerings and we're not allowed to touch or eat the food until a period of time has passed. Mm-hmm. Then afterwards we can eat and feast. Okay, on a lighter note, let's talk about Asian weddings. Oh yes, they go off. Have you ever been to a white people wedding? I haven't been to like, you know, we're both people in the couple are white Mm. but my auntie married a Aussie so a big difference between Asian weddings and white weddings is the food right yeah so my auntie I'm pretty sure she had white food at the wedding so that was like you know do you want your chicken or do you want your steak (laughs) I think a lot of the time as well people in my family when they get married there's always this pressure from the elders in the family to have Asian food because I feel like Asian people just gravitate towards Asian food, right? Yeah. And they're very picky with that. So that's a way that you kind of please everyone. Yeah. So I've never been to like a Western wedding. I've mm. only ever been to Asian weddings. And all of them, they always have at minimum like a seven course meal. Mm. And that seven course meal could include like lobster, shark fin soup, some high end shit that you won't need. Scallops. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Say that again. Scallops. Scallops? Scallops! It, guys, it's re- scallops! Repeat after me. Scallops. Scallops. <laughs> yeah, a lot of seafood involved, but it's so different from Western Wedding where you have, like, yeah, your chicken or your steak, and then yeah. you have, you know, your tiny ass entree. Mm. 
you're right with Asian weddings there's several courses whereas with white weddings it seems that you only have three courses but um, something that I really love about Asian weddings I love the tea ceremony if you've never been to a tea ceremony before traditionally it usually occurs early on in the morning of the wedding Mm -hmm. and essentially it is when the bride's family and the groom's family kind of officially meet and present to each other different gifts and offerings. Yeah. So um, something that I distinctly remember is the aunties and uncles and, you know, grandparents and stuff of each family will take turns. family. Yeah. Yeah. Will take turns to sit down on chairs and basically speak to the bride and groom and pay their respects and also give them their well wishes Mm -hmm. and then give them like, at least see. I remember like the in-laws in particular, they would exchange for an example they gave my auntie um like diamond earrings or something yep, like that's that that's the thing that we do as well yeah. yeah so it's it's this really nice ceremony because you're able to gather as a family and, and it's really mm-hmm. a nice intimate experience yeah another big difference between western and asian weddings is the idea of gifting presents so i know with western culture usually people gift like homeware or a kettle a kettle you yeah. know no usually they have like a registry where you set it up and you list a bunch of items that you'd possibly want and then people can go on it and then they can pick and then they can Mm. buy that shit yeah but um with asian weddings yeah it's money it's money (laughs) (laughs) we have a wishing well yeah that's why i reckon asians always want to have big weddings because big weddings equals more guests equals more money on my side of the family whenever my parents go to a wedding of someone one of our relatives or whatnot they actually write it down or even when we give money into the wishing well the family of the whoever's getting yeah mm-hmm. who was getting married and we'll write down who has given what and how much as well oh. so in the future they can repay them back the same amount or more oh, or whatever right. yeah so it's kind of like <laughs> how my mom explained it to me those people are kind of like collecting debt oh, or something okay. money that's owed to them yeah and that's how they see it. They see it very, like, financially. Yeah. Because yeah. weddings are fucking expensive, let's be real. so <laughs> expensive. And if you plan it well, you can actually profit from a wedding rather than make a loss. Mm-hmm. Like, I know my brother made, I don't know if he was making a bullshit, but, like, he, he said he made, like, 20K profit. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. I think the money part of it is to cover the cost of how much it was for you to be there like for an mm. example like for the food or the yeah. or whatever but then also part of it is to help the bride and groom basically set up their new life together yeah life oh. is expensive mate oh God, <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> Alrighty, so the big kahuna the big event on all of our calendars is mm. that yes that that is equivalent to my christmas for my family that is the biggest occasion of the year so what do you do during that? So the week before that, actually, so we did this thing where we gong to ong tao. Literal translation would mean there's this um, spirit that lives in your kitchen. Every year on this day, apparently what happens is that he goes to heaven and he talks to the other guys or gals up there. And <laughs> he tells them about our family and, and how we've been going. And basically when we pray to him, we're praying that he will bring us good luck and prosperity and stuff mm. for the year. The way that we normally do that is my dad gets a cup, fills it up with rice. And this is where we put our incense sticks into. Mm. Um, and also we have a tray or a plate 
filled with tao lao. So this is your, I don't know, it's called like rat poop, but it's actually um, it's actually peanuts covered in the sugar. Oh. You've got pink ones, you've got white ones and shit. Oh, that's yeah, that's, that is. yeah, they call it rat poop in oh, Viet. Um, but then there's also, you know, your candied coconut yeah. um, and, you know, your little sesame and peanut sweets. Mm. And we put that on the plate and we offer that up. And something that we do is we wait until the incense sticks have you know finished burning and that's when we can reuse the kitchen again so we clean the kitchen make sure everything's like spotless we do that so we go and then we rook him there so then you know we say goodbye to him and then we pick him up basically from heaven Mm. (laughs) in our uber no i'm kidding (laughs) but yeah that's the lead up to that and then Ah, on that so you guys do it a week before it's a week before yeah Ah, we do it the night before that we do one the week before and then we do one the night before the night before yeah so pick him up drop him off that type of thing you do that too we don't do it twice Mm. we only do it once okay yeah i never knew this back story behind it so that's quite interesting i just knew that my parents did some sort of ceremony and like offered some stuff and i was like oh okay cool and i'm like oh dad what are you doing now and he's like oh that's all I heard and that's all I remember <laughs> I never like, questioned him or asked him about it I just knew that he had did something before like yeah. he'll do the ong tao stuff and then he'll do another ceremony mm-hmm. outside of the house mm-hmm. and then one inside the house and then we can eat <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice oh, interesting yeah cool so mm-hmm. on the night of that we normally go temple do you go temple? no not oh. on the night Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we go temple to pray and stuff, and then also there's like fireworks or firecrackers. Mm. So how my family does it, right? Um, on New Year's Eve we do all of the ceremonies, so the ong dao and the gong and all that, and then on like at midnight the whole family has to be inside the house. Mm. Yeah, we just like spend that time as a family and like chat, and then that's when my parents offer our red pockets, like give out red pockets and stuff. Yeah, so I've only ever experienced temple fireworks and like the dragon and the lion dancing that happens on New Year's Eve, like maybe twice in my life, because otherwise I've always been at home. Mm, yeah. yeah, I remember that that one year where we did not come home before midnight. Oh, Yo, my dad was fucking pissed. Yeah. He was so. Yes, he was he was fuming. Like when we got home, he didn't even want to talk to us. Mm. Yeah. On the day of that itself, like mum, she will cook up like some common dishes, like titka. Oh yeah, same. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. And then we tic- eat that for the next like three so months. Titka, <laughs> titka is caramelized pork belly, and there'll also be eggs as well. Um, and then we'll get out our special chopsticks and plates oh, and bowls and fancy. shit. And we'll put the food on those special dishes. And then there's a table that we put in front of the altar. And then we do our praying to our ancestors and our praying to Buddha. We also have a watermelon. Oh, yes, the watermelon. Yeah. So if you cut the watermelon and it's very red inside, it means it's lucky. Good luck. Oh. So yeah, there you go. And we also have like these, just these little, um, you know, you might have your sunflower seeds mm. and then you have these pumpkin seeds and the outside they're like full of salt. Oh yeah, I love them. I freaking so love them. Do you know, this is so weird, but when I was younger, I used to not throw away the outside. I used to eat the outside as well because it was salty. Like you'd bite on it and swallow it? Mm-hmm. I used to like suck on it. Mm. Well, I'd swallow it and then my parents would always like, Tiana, that's probably not good for you. But I'm like... <laughs> But I like salty things. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. For us, we full set up our altar. Like, we decorate the fuck out of it. Yeah. So, we'll lay out some red tablecloth. Mm, same. And then we'll have all the altar stuff on top, as well as food offerings, such as plates of fruit. Mm-hmm. And then 
the watermelon as well, but yeah. we don't we don't eat it until like. Well, watermelon is a fruit, toy. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm mentioning your watermelon beforehand, but then we don't cut it up during it. We oh yeah, no, we yeah. don't cut it up during it either. Oh, we get okay. we stick this. It's like a red, Chinese like, thingy like, label. On yeah, it. yeah, I don't know what it means. I have no idea. But I, I just think it's like prosperity or something. Yeah, and then yeah, definitely the fruit as well. Like, mum and dad will make it a point to visit the Asian grocers, get yeah. the best looking fruit. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to look banging. Yeah, and then we wash it, clean it with tissue, and then also flowers. Do you guys have flowers yeah, as we well? Have flowers. Um, usually these yellow flowers, mm. and my mum likes to buy lilies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we also have these like rainbow colored pieces of paper. We fold it and then we lay it out beneath the fruit. So it kind of hangs off the ledge of the table. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So it kind of like makes it look very colorful and pretty. Mm. And then, um, throughout the three days of dirt, we make sure that the incense is constantly burning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Funny story. One time I was so mesmerized by the smoke that comes out of the incense. I was sitting right in front of a pot of incense and staring at it for like probably like 30 40 minutes and then afterwards my nose started running and i was like oh, what the fuck? and then i blew my nose and out came black ash oh my mixing god with boogers. and i was oh like oh god. shit <laughs> like it just went straight up my nose but i was like wow the smoke is so cool <laughs> but yeah um you know how it goes over three days mm-hmm. day one my family either goes out of our house to visit other family members mm-hmm. and then day two we stay inside the house so people can come visit us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we make sure that we at least visit all of our closer relatives, yeah. families, and visit their houses at least once. Mm-hmm. The reason why, because when we go there, we pay respects to their ancestors by mm-hmm. praying at their altar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when people come to ours, they always light an incense and they put it in the little pot thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a really big thing. Yeah, we do that as well. Mm-hmm. And also because, like, my dad has a big family. I think he has six siblings mm. so it's like he's the second oldest we go to all go to the my back's house so my yeah. uh, the oldest brother and then we'll host and then it'll be another sister another brother like mm. it just goes down like the numbers basically mm. so is um are all your family like immediate family aunties and uncles in australia yes uh, so my so good. yeah so yeah. my dad's other family is in melbourne mm. and then my mom's side of the family is in queensland with the whole idea of Lisi, so Lisi is probably the face of Lunar New Year. Mm. People tend to associate Lunar New Year with Lisi. So Lisi is basically the lucky red pockets, pockets or yep. envelopes. Um, and so inside, adults usually put in money in there and then mm. you give the lucky money to the kids. And so normally what would happen is my parents, before they give it to us or, or an adult, they'll say something, you know, so that means like yep. Happy New Year and they'll say some other stuff like basically wish you prosperity and they wish you like when I was in uni still they'd be like oh we wish that you study hard and well Mm. and then you know for my brother like hope you um, do well at your job and so just well wishes for you yeah and then before we receive the lycee we would then uh, send the elders well wishes back and so usually I kind of say the same thing (laughs) I'd say happy new year like in Vietnamese um hope it's prosperous and like and all yeah. that. Yeah, so interesting. My parents never really taught me that. I kind of picked it up from other people and their well wishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's. I think it's a really cute moment. I don't know. Like, have you started giving younger oh, siblings hell no. or Mate, hey, kids, Lisa? No, no. <laughs> In my head, I ain't gonna give shit until I'm married. I yeah. Think what like is the, the rule? Like, I don't I know. Ma- like, if you're married, then you start giving money out Mm. so i've heard two things i've heard if you're married you start giving it but then i've also heard if you're 
over the age of 18 and you've got a job, like a stable job, then you can start giving it to like your younger cousins and stuff. You know, obviously, if you're younger, mm. I think people in your family understand that you don't have... The financial capability. Yeah, so then it's okay to that. give yeah. like a $20 note or something like that. Throughout, When I was growing up, dirt was my... Bank. Bank. It was my only source of income for that entire <laughs> year. Yeah. So... Um, Damn, you must receive a lot then. No, but that's the thing. I thought I received a lot. When mm-hmm. I was a kid growing up, my average was about $200 mm. per year. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a rabbit family. I'm talking about, like, 30, 40 families, whatever. Mm. But then each person would give $5. Oh, that was right. Standard. Okay. Like, I might be lucky and get, like, a $10 note or a $20 note. Because our Australian dollar, the $20 mm. note is red. If I was to open it and see red, far my days be made. <laughs> like, I was like, holy shit, who gave me that? They're such ballers. But even, like, my auntie, right? My actual auntie auntie would give me, like, $10. Maybe $20 on a good year. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. because you have such a big family. Because mm. um, they can't afford to give like $20, $30. But I know other families and I've asked around, they'll be like, oh, how much did you get this year? I'll be like, oh, yeah, blah, blah. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I got like one, 1K or 2K in total. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. how the fuck? It depends how close – it depends like how close you are to that particular family member. Yeah. Like for an example, if it's my mum and dad, then obviously I'll receive more from them. Mom if it's friends. like from my – dad's sister or whatever mm-hmm. obviously and essentially you give it back to them anyways like mm. when because like if you see their kids you're basically giving mm. back them the same amount anyway side note the other day i was cleaning my room mm. and um i shit you not i found so many red envelopes that i had not actually opened oh, yet or maybe God. i had opened but then i put them in a way in a safe place you know and also birthday cards from like my 18th birthday and shit and then i found all this money from these red envelopes and these like Holy birthday shit. cards and i literally found more than one thousand dollars worth of money of like no, i don't mean to sound you know ball or whatever, whatever. but you know i'm rich guys <laughs> uh, no Holy don't rob me fuck. jokes yeah i literally Damn. found i literally found all this money and i'm like what the fuck like that is the best gift to you. It's the best freaking feeling, right? When you've spent all day cleaning your room and then you find this money and you're like, damn, like 19 year old me, I'm a stupid man. I didn't use, I didn't like, well, I was stupid back then, but like, it's good for future me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I just oh found God, like, you the know, these $50 notes or $20 notes or $100 notes that's, or whatever. That's the dream. Cause I always find like red pockets here and there. I'm always... And then, like, if there's actually money in there, five days be made. Yeah, bro. it's so. Oh good. my god, you hit the jackpot! You literally yeah. hit the jackpot. Oh, I was like, damn, <laughs> this you is gave to yourself. <laughs> it's time to treat yourself. Oh, that's fucking sick ass. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. It's it's awesome. Yeah, like it's really interesting speaking to my parents about how they celebrated that when they were younger. Mm. So my dad came over when he was like ten. So he did spend a bit of childhood in Vietnam and he was telling me how something that they would do that was really special during that was mm. each kid would get a new item of clothing. When he explains it to me, it makes me feel so I don't know, it's just so cute like to yeah. hear things like that. Or he would say, Oh, you know, um the jar that you eat, right? He goes, I remember my mum used to use a chopstick to beat the mung beans mm. and then each kid would like line up to you know, instead of licking the spoon, it's to lick the chopstick. Yeah. Aww. And it's just so cute. And then my mum came over here when she was four, but yeah. she does have, like, a few different memories here or there of how they celebrated that when they were younger. Mm. And, you know, it because it's a new year, there's a lot of um, a lot of little traditions that you do that symbolise, you know, a new beginning. So mm. whether that be, like, you get a new haircut or whether that be a new item of clothing or, yeah. you know, you do a bit of a clean of your house to make sure that, 
everything looks new. Mm. So I think it's a really nice time of the year to spend with your fam. Yeah. So one of my favorite parts of that is the firecrackers. So every year my dad would buy some illegal firecrackers from the back streets of St. Albans and would light it up at 12 on New Year's Day. And lately I've been the brave one and lighting up myself. You know how fucking scary that shit is? Because you have to light it. You have to make sure that that little piece of rope is actually, you know, on fire. And then you have to like run for your fucking life because otherwise like it'll pop straight in your face. But yeah, it's so awesome because it's not only your household that's doing it. All the Asian households in the neighborhood are doing it as well. And it's just like, it's so good to hear it because that signifies the start of the, Mm. yeah. And yeah, it's so funny. You can just hear all these like banging noises <laughs> and all the dogs barking in the background at exactly 12 on New Year's Day. It's interesting to say that because I live in a really white area, so mm. we don't have any firecrackers really? around our area. No, oh like we, we, I mean, maybe you'd hear like a firecracker here or there, but I've heard that nothing compares to that in Vietnam. Like I've just heard that it's yeah. really lit there. Like I, really, I want to go back. Yeah. I want to go see it one day. For sure. It's so crazy because a majority of my direct and immediate family, like my bro- my dad's brothers and sisters or mum's brothers and sisters are all in Vietnam and mm-hmm. we have such a massive family. I'm talking about like at least five, six siblings on each side. Mm-hmm. Like in Australia, I only have two aunties. So mm-hmm. think about that. Two out of like the 20 siblings mm-hmm. that my parents have mm-hmm. are in Australia. Mm-hmm. In the 35 years that they've been in Australia, they have never gone back to Vietnam to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. It is quite, it's quite expensive to go back around that time. Mm. Um, But there's a lot of families that are going back this year because it's so early on in the year and kids Mm. are still, I think, on school days. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of like cousins and stuff here. So on the third day of the dirt period, we organize a massive family gathering. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about like at least 150 attendees to this. Mm -hmm. So we full book our whole like venue and everyone will congregate and meet up there and we'll have like food. Who organizes that? So is it like, does it rotate or? So to provide some context, my family are from an island off the coast of Vietnam. It's a really small island and everyone kind of knows each other. So like during the immigration period when everyone came to Australia, it's like whoever was from that island kind of came together mm. and congregate and formed like this small community mm-hmm. of people from that island. And ever since then, they've started this tradition where we all get together for New Year's and we all celebrate together. Mm-hmm. So I have so many, like, people that I call my cousins, even though I'm not, like, directly related to them, mm-hmm. like, blood related to them. But I mm-hmm. still call them my cousins anyway because we grew up with together mm-hmm. in this sort of community. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, on that third day, we all get together, all eat, have fun, party. It's crazy. It's like a big, massive family family gathering. And yeah, back then we used to hold like mini concerts and performances where um, people will sign up for it. And then like, they, we do have like an organizing um, like committee somewhere. Someone organizes, someone has to organize it. Um, but yeah, and we, ho- we actually hold fundraisers throughout the year to fund this big oh, event really? as well. Oh, really? That's yeah. so interesting. Um, that sounds really cute. Yeah, it's really cute. It's kind of, it's sad because it's dying out. Because now it's at the stage where it's slowly being handed down to the younger generation, but we're not as close compared to like our parents who are really tight with all the other parents and 
now it's like our they're getting old so they want to pass it on but there's not really many people to pass it on to who are that committed so hopefully maybe in the future we can sort something out i think i have a fear of that as well i have a fear that the younger generation like slowly our culture is gonna dissipate and it's just gonna just it's just gonna disappear yeah or people are just gonna forget you know something as simple as speaking Vietnamese so that's why I think it's so important that as young Asian Australians we remember our roots Mm. and that we try to carry through these traditions and pass them on to you know Mm. the younger generation and whether that be our kids in the future or our younger cousins or siblings or whatever I think it's just so important because one day you know what if in down the bloodline like they just don't celebrate or do this anymore mm. it'd be such a shame and such a a waste for mm. such an amazing part of, yeah. of of our culture so yeah i think it's so important and i think at an individual level as well it feels so amazing to be able to relate with these experiences with someone else mm. and have that connection with someone and mm-hmm. it's via these traditions and these cultures that we carry on that we can have that sort of connection mm-hmm. like me talking about it with you it just feels so good and it feels yeah. so wholesome and like why wouldn't you want to continue that right yeah for sure yeah definitely encourage you guys out there mm. to you know next time your mum or dad they're giving you least say your next time you go to the temple or whatever Mm. just stop and appreciate that moment because it's special and also keep an eye out on what your parents and what they're doing so you can continue on with it as well Mm. i think one thing i'm going to focus on this year is learning all of the traditions and customs and things that my mum or my dad will do Mm -hmm. in preparation Mm -hmm. for new year's and during new year's as well Mm -hmm. because what I've been doing in the past is just laying back and watching from a distance and not really paying attention. Mm. So, yeah. Being more active, yeah. Being more active, yeah. Even just, I think, even just talking to your parents about it, like, oh, why do we do this? Or Mm. um, asking them, oh, so in the past, what did you guys used to do as kids? Or what do you remember about it? Because even if you aren't as close to your parents as others are, Mm. you're able to kind of establish a bit of a closer connection to them from that, I think, anyway. Wow, what a wholesome way to end. <laughs> Love it. Um, I just want to say chúc mừng năm mới to all yes. of our beautiful friends out there and um, listeners. Mm-hmm. Basically means Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> Happy New Year. It's the year of the rat this year. This is yes, our, our year. year. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you found it interesting and hope that you can um, relate to some of the things that we were talking about. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can follow us on Instagram at unapologetically. A-Z-N. And also feel free to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Spotify. We'd really, really appreciate it. Um, Thank you again for your love and support. We're sending it right back to you. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Love y'all. Love y'all. Peace out.